Meghan Markle has been accused of faking a number of interviews for her now axed Spotify podcast. It's called Archetypes. While the Duchess of Sussex did speak directly with celebrity guests such as Serena Williams, sources say that for other guests, her producers would in fact conduct the interviews on her behalf and then edit in audio of the Duchess's voice into the episodes afterwards. Joining me in the studio to discuss this, special correspondent from the Sunday Times, Josh Glancy, and podcast industry analyst Nick Hilton. Let's get Josh to sort of set the stall out. Then let's, Nick, uh, give a kind of um, technical analysis about whether this is a normal and inverted commas way to behave. Josh, what on earth? Well, so, I mean, when Spotify unveiled their big podcast deal with Meghan and Harry mm -hmm. for about $20 million, we probably thought that um, Meghan was going to actually conduct these interviews herself. I mean, they're incredibly softball interviews, so it's not very difficult. She sits there with famous people like Serena Williams and Paris Hilton and mm -hmm. says, you know, let's talk about how we're sort of labelled as women or labelled as celebrities. And that's the end of it. Um, but we have now discovered that actually on some of these interviews, she didn't even do that. Someone else conducted the interviews and they sort of cut her questions in over the top, which does strike me as rather lazy. How was this discovered? How did you work this out? Well, it's various people who've been... It's been reported because mm. various people who were involved in the podcast have basically blabbed about it. Oh, they said, when I went to the interview, it wasn't with her. Yes, exactly. She wasn't there. Yeah. Somebody else asked me and I answered and then later it looked as if or sounded as if it was her and it wasn't her at all. Exactly. Right. And are they an upset or annoyed or they're just blabbing because they feel like it? They've been paid people, to talk? But I what? think people think it's quite funny. And I think because now this podcast deal's fallen apart, Swap I've said they don't want to work with Megan anymore because they're not producing enough content. And I think the subtext of that is the content they were producing was dross. So I think now the whole thing's fallen apart, people are uh, opening up about what it was like a bit more. OK, Nick, you're in this business. How normal or forgivable or permissible is it to call it, you know, Vanessa Feltz interviews and I'm not really there, I'm somewhere having lunch with my pals and somebody else is interviewing on my behalf? Is that kosher? Is that allowed? I think the thing is that $20 million, uh, Spotify thought they were getting this very kind of lavish, maybe documentary-style project, when it ended up being a much more kind of conventional sort of interview show. And I, and I think when it was pitched as this sort of documentary about ar archetypes, um, then it would be much more normal to and have... we should just say, Josh and Nick, that's not what archetypes means, is it? We, we, she meant, she meant stereotypes, pun, didn't she? Well, it, she just liked the pun, because it has Arch. sounds you know. like Archwell, but it doesn't make any sense. It's was absolute <laughs> balderdash, isn't it? it? And I think we ought to at least say that and get that out there. Look, there are all yeah. sorts of criticisms we could levy at, the, uh, at it, but, um, but I think clearly it's fairly normal in oh. a documentary podcast, documentary TV, documentary film, for producers to conduct interviews that are later woven into the narrative to make it not completely clear who mm. is conducting the interview. I don't think that's a, a terrible thing. But actually, the podcast ended up sounding like a very, very kind of bland, run-of-the-mill uh, interview podcast. And I think that's why people are a bit, like, confused about exactly how it was. But I thought the point of it, I must admit, I haven't listened to a word of it, but I've read quite a lot about it, and I thought the point was meant to be, question for both you gentlemen, the rapport, the, 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 the empathy, the understanding, the probing nature of the questions between the Duchess of Sussex, Meghan Markle, and whoever it was she was talking to. So I thought what you were paying for and what you were listening for was that chemical thing, that kind of intuition, that kind of understanding that in the very best interviews erupts between interviewee and interviewer and often doesn't because lots of interviews are absolutely dreadful. But if it goes well, that's what you're getting. You're getting the personality 
of Meghan here, Josh. Isn't that what they were paying all that money Absolutely. for? Absolutely. And I, I think it's fair to say that some of these interviews were conducted in person, but a lot of them weren't, it seems. And Bill Simmons, who's head of podcasting uh, at Spotify, has uh, went on a rant on his own podcast and called them The Grifters. Yeah. Um, and... I think that is, I mean, that can be a little unfair, perhaps, but I, I do think that fundamentally it is just the quintessence of chutzpah for <laughs> so Megan to get paid that kind of money and not yeah. put in what I think most of us would think, think of as the bare minimum of work. That's right. I mean, and also if it's, you know, Meghan Markle, the Duchess of Sussex interviews, this is her series of archetypes with these women of all different kinds from all different walks of life, etc. But actually she can't be bothered or just isn't there doing it, then 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 what are you getting? And it, it sounds as if the audience wouldn't have known. They wouldn't have realised that she wasn't there. And if they didn't realise, they thought she was there and she actually wasn't, is that is that legitimate? I think Spotify knew exactly what they were getting Did they? with Meghan Markle. I don't think they thought she would be an especially good interviewer. She doesn't have any broadcast background. You know, there's no reason why she would be good but she is terribly famous, mm -hmm. and I think Spotify knew that the investment was a way of getting enormous amount of media, the sort of media that we are currently providing the mm -hmm. service with. Um, so I don't think they actually did think there'd be a huge report. And I also would probably challenge the idea because, you know, a former Gimlet employee who worked on the show has said today you, that they never dubbed in her questions later. So you would ne that, so that where there was interviews conducted by the producers, it was always part of the not part of the central interview. So. I think it's maybe less shocking, okay. but what was shocking was, I guess, the overall quality of the podcast, which was, which was, let's not beat around. All right, let, let's, diabolical. let's talk a little bit about this because people watching and listening may reckon it's pretty easy to do a podcast. You know, you just have an idea like, oh, your hair, and then people come in and talk about their hair, and you say, so your hair has that been a big thing in your life? And they say, oh yeah, my hair, and that's you know, hey presto, great podcast. You sell it for lots, you get lots of adverts. It's all very simple, really. Um, but, Josh, is it easy to make an interview uh, relatable, entertaining, challenging, you know, real, valid, you know, and not just an absolute pile of nonsense? Well, no, it's not easy, and that's why you have a job, Vanessa. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, I've been doing some podcast presenting for The Times recently, and, and I was initially quite stilted and wooden. It is quite difficult. But I think what people were paying for in this instance is two extremely famous people talking to each other, mm. some of them friends. I mean, Serena Williams and Meghan Markle, we are told, are good friends. Yeah. So just having two people who are that famous talking about their lives as friends, I think would be quite interesting to a lot of people, but they don't seem to have even managed that basic level of, of rapport and insight um, that you might expect. And, they, you know, trying to put a podcast together, trying to get people to make them, trying to get them to be, um, you know, successful. Everybody thought it was going to be a fantastic licence to print money, didn't they? And it hasn't proved that for most most podcast makers. Most podcast makers make make no money at all. Yeah. I mean, that's the overwhelming position. I mean, it's a very small 1% who actually make a, a profitable podcast, and it's an infinitesimally small number who make um, Why? What are they doing wrong? What is what is lacking? Why haven't they made a fortune? Well, it's really hard to make any revenue from them. It's very hard to sell podcasts because no one wants to pay for them. They've always had them for free. Digital advertising, as, as you know, is it has been in the doldrums for, for years, for decades now. So. There are lots of reasons why it's hard to get money out. For, a, for the last few years, there's been a lot of money going in, and not least from, from Spotify, which, yeah. you know, is burning through money. Um, but, you know... Uh, I mean, far be it from me to knock the charming and kind individuals who've asked me to be a guest on their podcasts. But 
I would never say this in public and I wouldn't dream of saying it on television, obviously, but I have often been absolutely horrified by the fact that when you get there as an unpaid guest on somebody else's podcast, they honestly say something like, so, Vanessa, lunch. And then they sit back with their arms folded very comfortably and, and you are then supposed to kind of hold forth amusingly for ages about lunch. And then when you finish, they say, so supper and then you meant to do that again and I, I i mean after a while i've i've kind of started to refuse the invitation charming and kind though they are because i don't really want to do all my best material for no money on somebody else's podcast when they're not trying at all themselves and contributing almost nothing do you think i'm being deeply unfair or is that very often the case the existence of bad podcasts isn't not even bad good and fact. successful ones where they still do that they've got the idea they say the one-liner yeah. they sit there they get the advertising revenue they're having an absolute blast and you're just doing all your best stuff i mean there are just too many podcasts by miles yeah. and i think this things like this where spotify have wasted millions mm -hmm. on this people will start to pull back from making them i do also think it's worth pointing out i think the, the megan and harry hollywood gravy train is starting to slow down in a big way. I mean, the Netflix doc they made, mm. pretty unexciting. The book did well, but you can't necessarily repeat that no. trick. Now this podcast has been canned and you sort of wonder what have they got left to sell in Hollywood now. Would you be able to make something with them that would sell? Well, I thought it was telling that, the, that this was the podcast was the one kind of media opportunity they had where they were being presenters, they were asking the questions, they weren't just being scrutinised as sort of objects of mm. fascination, sort of coarse intrigue, and no one was interested in it. Everyone wanted the Netflix, they wanted the gruesome details from the book, they wanted the family psychodrama. You know, I could make a podcast where they told, spill all the tea about Charles and William and Kate, but uh, I don't think they want to make that. I think they want to be their own people, and I don't think people want that. Meghan and Harry's dating advisors, <laughs> helping those unlucky in love. You know, if I were Harry, I'd do a book and a podcast series about the tabloid press and the paparazzi mm -hmm. and all the, his battles with them and really go into all of that. I think people would be interested in that. If I was do you? I don't, I wonder, you see, I think they're interested in him and not so much about his battles with anything much. And also we've heard an awful lot about his battling, haven't we? I don't know whether we're all that enamoured of the battles anymore. It's lovely to see you both. Thank you very much indeed for coming in.